I'd like to make an analogy between guiding and mountain craft and cooking. And I've made this and hinted at this before. I had a conversation, one of the early conversations with my friend Tom, who's a, you know, like very high-end chef. Um, and when we talk about things, you know, in our own um, respective disciplines, like it's just, we're talking about the same stuff. It's just, I do it in mountain craft and he does it with food and the experience. And I want to think about going to a fast food restaurant. We're going to use McDonald's as an example. It's kind of like the classic, right? If you really think about McDonald's, McDonald's is kind of an excellent example of Western, but maybe more specifically an American thing, right? How do we create this experience that is predictable, efficient, affordable, and um, you can replicate all over. So if someone goes into McDonald's in Maine, it's going to be the same experience roughly that they go to McDonald's in Washington State or the other side of the country, right? So there's this this piece there. And if you've ever been to a, a clean, very efficient McDonald's, it's like, it's kind of amazing. It's clockwork, right? Everything is dialed in and the uniforms are the same and the timing is right. And, you know, I've enjoyed eating some French fries from there, you know, so there's definitely some pleasure to go there, even though I haven't been to one in a long time, you know, so in a lot of ways, like here we have this example of actually efficiency, predictability, um, stability, you know, um, being able to replicate it over and over again, you know, so in a lot of ways, if you look at it in that context, it's actually a pretty interesting model, um, very successful model, branding, right? Super successful, right? But that's not where food stops, right? That's not where our food and dining experience stops. In some ways, it kind of starts there, right? It's not where most of us want to spend our whole lives going to and eating. Like there's many, 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 many levels above that in terms of not only just food quality, but our dining experience, right? for all the reasons. And that's what I think about when we're talking about guiding, guide techniques, all these things is understanding the things, all the skills involved at a deeper level so we can create a more nuanced, a more fulfilling, a more enjoyable experience for our clients, right? And the, the example that keeps coming to my mind right now is because of is, um, Blaze Dance Management, because I've been mentoring some folks who've been through rock guide courses or going through rock guide courses, you know, and, you know, everybody's like on these courses, all the instructors like, don't go through the Bermuda Triangle, don't do it, or there's easier ways, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I have a whole episode on Blaze Dance Management, so I'm not going to really get into the details of that. And I always chuckle because I'm like, that method of thinking about belay stance management is like the McDonald's level of understanding it, in my opinion. Like belay stance management in multi-pitch terrain or the top of single pitch terrain can be way more nuanced than that and simpler and cleaner and essentially affects the client less. Like the client doesn't have to dip under ropes and be on, you know, excessively like waiting and unweighting systems. Like if you do it right, the client just really doesn't even know anything's happening. They just kind of like approach the stance, they get clipped in and they sit back and they're done. And then 
you know, 30 seconds later or a minute later, you take off from the next uh, pitch, right? The transitions that quickly. So I always laugh when I have these young guys who are like, oh, well, they said, you know, never go through the Bermuda Triangle. I'm like, that is such a McDonald's level of understanding this. And, you know, it's functional. It's efficient. It does work. You know, like it's repeatable. repeatable. Like it has all the, the trappings that I just mentioned that makes McDonald's kind of a success story. But it doesn't stop there. It only stops there if you stop there, right? Which is kind of the interesting with all these skills, whether it's movement skills, technical skills, right? Facilitation skills. It stops where you stop. If you want to keep going and digging deeper and get to the next level of nuance, of, of understanding, it's there for you. You might need some mentorship to help you with that you know, because it's hard to do it on your own, especially these days. I, I really have found that because there's so much more information available to the average mountain person, we'll say guide, young guide, there's so many more techniques that are just available, transitions, ways of tying things, like all the things. And there's so many more people putting it out there, their opinion, me included, about how this all works in a lot of ways, in my opinion, I'm seeing a regression of knowledge because people are telling other people things that on the surface are kind of true, but when you really look at it critically through the whole logic model of the whole system, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like that, that doesn't make sense. Like you're looking at a very small window of information and but you're not applying it to the whole thing like for example i had a friend take a single pitch course race recently and they built an end anchor which is not my favorite but has merit and so they had the tethering leg and on the tethering leg they had three cams that were brought together with a two loop figure eight right so this is on a big static line and they used that tether to get over the edge to repel set up a repel and repel to the ground the instructor's like that would be a critical failure because you're repelling off a non-redundant anchor. I'm like, okay, they're repelling. The, the anchor was built with huge static rope, like thick static rope. It's a two-loop figure eight. Now, I don't know if there's any issues of cutting, so that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. Um, there, are, there is a fair amount of data now about two-loop figure eights, about if you cut a loop, it doesn't, the other loop doesn't just pull through. There's actually a fair amount of data on that now or, or enough data on it. And then the, the irony is like, well, this person repelled off a three-point anchor, which I was excited about. So they kind of built a full master point, even though it was an end anchor. And then they transitioned into a smaller dynamic rope that's not redundant. So if the dynamic rope had cut on repel, the person would have fallen and hit the ground. So it's like the logic wasn't carried all the way through. It was very myopic and just and com <laughs> compartmentalized. I always have a hard time with that word. Um, to just that piece. And that's the stuff that kind of bothers me. That, that's the McDonald's way of thinking about this thing. It stopped there and didn't translate to the whole thing, right? You know, I've seen similar examples with other skills being presented to folks. And you're like, huh, like you're not necessarily wrong about what you're saying, but it doesn't make you right about what you're saying either. And I guess what I really hope people will do and this is the common theme through this whole podcast, is just don't just take that as the definitive answer because there is no definitive answer, right? 
in climbing, there's, you know, there's very little definitive answers. It's so much context and understanding and what you're trying to bring to that situation and the intention trying to bring to that situation. So ultimately, I want people to not just stop at McDonald's. Sure. Do we all do it every once in a while? Sure. And it's fine. Great. Awesome. Bring it to the next level, right? Bring a little better ingredients in. Have a little more nuance in the service at the dining room table, right? Like that's what, we're, we can, what guiding can be. And that's what kind of inspires me when I see that level of nuance. Sometimes that nuance is so subtle that the vast majority of people will not pick up on it. Like 98 to 99% of people will not pick up on that level of nuance. I always love it when people are like, oh, wow, like the, the timing between these climbs has just been perfect. I've had enough time to like recover or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like completely intentional on my part. It's like, I designed it this way. I know you need some time to recover. So I designed how I did this so you would have that. And they're like, are completely oblivious to the fact that it was intentional that I did these things. They just thought it happened. And that's the kind of stuff, like, even though people may not see it, it gives me joy. So I, I'm, you know, interested in, in providing that higher level. But every once in a while, you'll get a, a client or clients who are like, oh, you did this. That was really cool. That made this easier for me. And this was really thoughtful because you did this. And I'm like, yes, you know what fine dining is all about. You've been to a really good restaurant. You can see the difference, right? The subtle differences. And that's what excites me about guiding because that's where it can go. Um, and I wish all my skills were at that level. Some of them are, are closer to that level. Some of them need some more refinement. And that's just life. There's endless levels of refinement with every skill. So when you're going forward, think about, the skill you just learned. And then think about, is this it? Or is this just McDonald's? Right? Because I guarantee you, there's another level that you can attain if you want it. 